The Football Manager Files, a Muddy Knees media production for Sports Interactive. Part 1. Picking a Club. I got this offer out of the blue from Mullable Football Club to ask me to be their manager and I had no managerial experience whatsoever. I'd hardly any coaching experience except for doing my coaching badges and I jumped straight into the job. I spoke to some people that I trust, like Sir Alex. I said, I don't know if I'm ready. And he said, you never know when you're ready. Just go and do it. He says, it's a great club. He said, they, they have a great owner. He lets the manager go on with it. I did go on with it and um, managed Mullerwell to second place that season. That's when I thought management was very, very easy. I was soon to find out. Hello, I'm Ian McIntosh and welcome to the Football Manager Files, a regular series which looks beyond the dugout to examine every aspect of the football manager's life. But before we go any further, we do need to address a fundamental question. Why on earth would anyone be a football manager? For the footballers of the good old days, there was an easy answer. It was either that or run a pub in the Midlands. But that's hardly the case now. These days, even a <clears throat> modest three-year, £25,000-a-year contract can set you up for life. Why would you voluntarily come back to such an incredibly stressful industry? Well, the clubs are increasingly owned by multinational corporations, oligarchs or overseas hedge fund managers. And your fate is determined solely by the efforts of a new generation of handsome-looking and even more handsomely-paid megastars. No one in their right mind would enjoy that, would they? Here's Mick McCarthy. Yes, I do enjoy it. I love all aspects of the job, actually, and uh, the sexy aspect of the job is Saturday afternoon at three o'clock or whenever we play now, because uh, uh, we play all sorts of different times. That's the best part. That's the hard work behind it. So I still love that. But I love coming into I love coming into work. I love coming into training. I love every bit of the the training ground, the crack that goes on with the players, between the staff, between everybody at the club. There's a great buzz about the place. And better still when you're doing well, of course. I looked at an opportunity that was there for me. Chris Powell. I decided to take it and it's the game I love. I played for 24 years, you know, a real long time. And I just felt that I wanted to give something back, give my experience back to younger players and to become a manager. And, um, you know, I've done it. So um, I couldn't really say to you a particular player. But what I would say is there's lots of players who find themselves ready to take that next step. Naturally, the next step is to coach or manage. Here's Alan Pardew. I always felt, even as a player, that I'd be a better coach stroke manager than a player. So I did expect me to do a better career professionally if I got the opportunity. Now, the luck was that I got an opportunity early. A coach gave me the job as assistant manager at Reading, and then I got the caretaker job, and then eventually the manager's job through the goodwill of the board there, John Medeski and his board. So I got in early. It never crossed my mind that the ratio of seconds was going up. It never even figured in my thinking I was going to get the sack. It was at that point I was going to be a success and there was nothing else that was going to stop me to be a success. Of course, life doesn't work out like that. Kike Sanchez Flores. I enjoy a lot um, because I think the responsibility is very high. So you have uh, amazing responsibility leading groups, human beings, players is the same. It's, it's very difficult and I love it. And when you finish the matches and you are able to, to develop the, the plan you prepare before the match, 
I think it's an amazing experience. When you are playing, it's different. Uh, player, you have the feeling this is something collective, and you are not thinking a lot in everything you are doing. And when you are play, managing, you are thinking in the in the match for every day, a lot of hours. So at the moment you are able to get something, something important, the feeling is completely different. Here's Alex McLeish. A masochist in me said that I should go into football management. Little did I know at that time that there would be ups and downs. You believe that you've got the ability to be up there with the best. You have to have that belief. You realise sometimes it doesn't quite work out that way. It's the first question for any football manager. On a laptop or in real life? Where do I start? How do I pick a club? Go too high and the pressure may be too great. Go too low and the challenge may be too much. Work for the wrong owner and this might be a short stay. Work for the right one and you might have the chance to lay down the foundations for an empire. So how do you make that decision? Speak to everybody. Sam Allardyce. Say, you know, we're all here because of football, because of the players on the field. That's why we're employed. We're employed for them to do as well as they possibly can. Whatever department you work in, it's very important you do that that job you do very well for the benefit of the players. A football club is all about the players. Um, I think there's a tendency for that to get lost at some football clubs today. You've got to get to know the owners of the football club for a start. Stuart Pearce. Their vision of the football club, the budget of the football club, your squad, how they've been playing. The DNA of a football club as well, I think, is important. You know, if you're going into, if you're taking a job at, say, the old Wimbledon, they've got a certain DNA and an expectation. Manchester United, if you like, a DNA of the way they play. And I think you've got to get in tune with that. To actually walk into a club blind, I think, is absolute folly for any any individual, whether it be you know, in, in, a, in a business world or certainly in a footballing world, you've got to know exactly what you're walking into and do as much homework as humanly possible. If you're going for an interview, you've got to know everyone who's sat in front of you what ticks their boxes to get a job to start with, you know, to understand exactly where they're coming from as business people and football people. Here's Slavon Bilic. I don't have to do a lot of homework, to be fair, because I'm a, I'm a football fan. And I have many friends in football, so I had to do a little bit of a few phone calls. Also, I know when I was in Turkey, I was following, and it's not only the Premier League that you are following, you are following everything, basically, because you love football. I mean, the whole of my life I'm like that. You, you know, in generally, is the club going uphill or downhill? The, the plans of the board or whatever, you know that, how many teams are better than them, you know, what's their aim and all that, but you don't know those like... 10-20% of insider stories that those people know and they tell you. So I do my homework in that sense, but at the end of the day, what is decisive for me and what makes, and based on what I make a decision is heart and guts. So you do all your brain research and everything, but then when it comes, okay, then it's that. And then to make a decision, you, you need to feel something. Is it right for you or not? I've done few few of them so far and it was so so far I I think and I know that I've done the right choice. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. First of all you you look at the club, uh, the history of the club, the fan base of the club, the stadium, you do your background search on the board. Alex Ferguson used to say always don't choose the club, choose the owner. You look at the identities of the club, 
does their ideas fit with you? Would it be a club that I would like to represent? But most importantly, you're looking at the ambition of the club and where you could take the club. So, let's say that you've found a good fit. You've signed your contract. Someone's handed you a club scarf and you've duly posed on the pitch, sheepishly holding it above your head just long enough for your arms to start to burn. Now what? What do you do? You have your club. You have your team. You have the power. What's the first thing that you do with it? Alex McLeish. After meeting, obviously, the, the owner, the chairman, the chief executive, the staff, picking your staff, the very first thing for me is to familiarise yourself with the players as soon as possible. You and those guys are going to be working day in, day out for the next uh, considerable bit of time, you know, whatever the contract lasts. Sometimes contracts don't last, of course, we know that, but... I like to create a team spirit immediately and as soon as I could. That was just one of the, the things in my head was to get to know the players. Here's Gary Monk. The first thing I did when I came here, first thing I did when I, I took over at Swansea was tell them why. They need to know why. Why you're here, um, why they're here, um, why we're all going to be here together for this foreseeable future. I think that's the key. And that's not necessarily in terms of just football and just winning games. I think the actual reason why we're actually... I'm a manager and this is my staff and you're the players. Once they know why they're supposed to be here and why they're supposed to be doing what they're doing, I think that makes it clear in their mind. And then it's from that point is then, okay, this is why we're here and then this is how we're going to do it. So that's where the the vision comes in and that collective goal that comes in. And and then after that, it becomes um, the result, which is winning games, working daily on on the training pitch and all the things that go with it, the, the management side of it and all that side of it is the, is the end result. But I think the most important bit when you walk into that room is that we understand why you're here and why they're here as well. Fundamentally for me, when you go into a club, everybody's supporting you. They all want you to do well. Mick McCarthy. And the biggest thing for me is to foster and nurture that support that they still want you to do well when you've been in the building for six weeks. They're with you. You know, you're not isolating people and bombing people out. You, you get them all together. You, you harness that support and desire to win that they've got for you when you walk in the building and make sure it stays there. Keep all of it. Don't lose it. Stuart Pearce. I think the first interaction, probably, you're looking, you know, what's gone on before in their lives? So what's brought me to the table as a new manager? I think you've got to stand in front of people and say, look, sometimes they might be on the back of a bad run as a football club. That's what's got me the opportunity to stand in front of a new group, if you like. If it be club level, then you've got to get in tune with that. The most important thing for me, I think, is not them getting to know me, but me getting to know them. I think that's absolutely vital for any manager in any position. You've got to stand there and you've got to know all the individuals, what makes them tick. You can't do that in the first meeting. That happens in time. I think internationally, which I've worked as well, selling the vision of, of what it means. And I think you can do that quite early in first introductions, what it means to represent your country and what it's going to mean to them. Players want to know what's in it for them, I'm afraid to say, you know, and hopefully somewhere down the line you can sell the dream and sell the togetherness and the vision that actually makes them want to come and deliver something. You have to go in, obviously make yourself known to everyone, Chris Powell. What I've always done, I've gone to the training ground. I've gone to the ground as well, just shook everyone's hands. And of course, you, you need to get to know the names as quick as you can. Um, of course, you're there because something may have happened 
on the field. So you've got to get to know your players straight away. You have to and um, speak to staff, get a feel of the mood, um, how they are, get a feel of the mood of the town or city, wherever you're playing, wherever you're managing. Um, and you have to do that pretty quickly. Observation then is, is key, um, whether that's watching DVDs, but without a doubt it's the training. Get to know them, get to know the younger players, but it's about that group first and, and try to rectify any problems that have arisen previously. Then you go from there. One of my traits, I, I like players. I like to get to know them. I like to get to know what's happening with them, not on the field, but off. You know, they've got children, if they're married, if they're not married, just to get to know them. Because you have to know how to manage them as a group, but individually as well. Slavon Bilic. If you go in Russia, it is a different mentality. Then they want kind of a longer speech, you know. But I was never a big friend of very, very, very long meetings or speeches. But you have to say something because the people, the people are expecting that. The chairman is expecting, the board is expecting, the players are expecting. I mean, but let's see, introducing one which is also important. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. So, that's the end of your first day. You've signed the contract, met the players, you've outlined your plans. But what are your plans? Have you come with the tactical master plan that's always served you so well in the past? Are you so beguiled by the wealth of talent in your ranks that you've come up with something new to take full advantage of their powers? In short, it's the time-honoured question. Do you crowbar what you've got into a formation, or do you make a formation to suit what you've got? It's a little bit both, and it also depends where, where you come. And, uh, of course, it depends on the board. I mean, they can promise you budget or whatever, and then during the transfer window, then during the preseason, it's like normally it doesn't happen that you get everything that, that you wanted or whatever. So uh, the good mixture is I'm, I don't approach a new job like I want to play this kind of system. But... I want to play this kind of football. That's for me different. The philosophy, how you want to play. And it doesn't have to be either the system or even the football in the beginning. It doesn't have to be made overnight, you know, that you change straight away everything. Some coaches do that. I want to do it like slowly. But uh, basically, if you don't have the players that's going to fit that system that you want to play, then you should change the system. Alex McLeish. Sometimes you don't really get that choice. If you've got unlimited funds and you, or you've got tremendous footballers, then it's quite easy to, to bed the system and you know that you're going to play a passing game. I've, I had that at Rangers. I inherited the team from Dick Advocate. Dick, Dick had had enough. He wasn't beating Celtic and that was the be-all and end-all up in Scotland. And I, I came in, inherited a few World Cup Dutch semi-finalists like Arthur Newman, Ronald De Boer, and I had other players like Lorenzo Amoruso, Barry Ferguson, Craig Moore, international players, and we played a, a beautiful brand of football. And then sometimes you go to another club where players are maybe not quite as comfortable on the ball. If you want to play a football in philosophy, it's difficult to bed your philosophy in to a certain group of players who maybe are not comfortable with that, then it can sometimes look like square pegs and round holes. So then you have to be a bit more adaptable. Chris Powell. 
It kind of depends, I think, <clears> of <throat> what level you're managing as well. I think sometimes the, the, the top league, they can have a, a way of playing and they can just bring in who they want. Now, sometimes you have to come in and, and look at the group and think what system is best for them. Because depending on the level, Premier League players and real sort of top draw international players, they can adapt. Now, you want your players at a lower level to adapt, but sometimes they're there for a reason. So to get the best out of them, put them in a position and put them in a system that makes them flourish. Stuart Pearce. I've probably got a preconceived idea. If I was managing internationally, I think I've got the idea that you need to fill the midfield up because technically there's better nations around Europe and the world that can outplay you. And if they outnumber you numerically in midfield, they'll boss the game and you won't see the ball. Uh, so internationally, I'd always fill the midfield. That would lend myself to playing um, 4-2-3-1. I also feel as though you've got to look at A, who you're playing, would dictate the way you line up, and B, the personnel you have available. If you've got two Alan Shearers, if you like, and then decided we play this way with just one centre-forward, so you've either got to play one of your Alan Shearers out on the wing or you're compromised in regard to the lineup of the teams you play, I think the personnel dictate a little bit it's like everything coming together and then you'll decide hang on this is the way forward to actually turn up and say my team's play 4-4-2 or my team's playing this certain formation is very blinkered this day and age in football here's Gary Monk I've seen it done many ways but um, for me is I have the vision of of what I want the team to be and how I want them to be and how that needs to be put in place so I have a plan with all of that that I've worked on and reassessed and refined over the three years I've been doing this job and, and just get them to fit to it. But when you get them to fit to that that way, that's the way that I do it, is also having an understanding of what those players are and what they can deliver and what their attributes are and personality is within that system. So in an ideal world, I think it would take you a full season to fully know everyone completely and what their capabilities are and what they can reach. To know that, you have to spend time with them and you have to see them grow and go through different situations like that leads. Um, a very young group um, there's not a massive amount of experience amongst them but so what they've been facing all through the season is different situations different scenarios different pressures all of these things and and it's still coming even at this point of the season so um, until we reach a full season I, I, I don't think you can really tell what your team are and what they're capable of In the next part of the Football Manager Files we look at man management do footballers care more about themselves than their clubs? Have they really changed so much in the last 20 years? Join us right here to find out. The Football Manager Files is a Muddy Knees Media production for Sports Interactive. It was written and presented by Ian McIntosh and produced by Ben Green. Additional reporting was by Alison Bender, Georgie Bingham, Michael Cox and Miguel Delaney. For more information, go to footballmanager.com.